What's up, everyone? I want to tell you guys about my friends over at GT Nursery. Green Touch Nursery is located at 8842 Park Street in Bellflower, California, 90706. Oscar, the owner of this nursery, is a dear friend of mine and was actually a guest on this podcast on episode number 28 titled The Shed with his brother Edgar. Make sure to check that out. Oscar's been growing plants since he was 10 years old and was exposed to nurseries his entire life. His family owned multiple nurseries, so he grew up working in these places and lives and breathes plants every single day. He opened this place up back in February 2015. They are open on weekdays 8 to 4 and weekends 9 to 3. They specialize in cacti and succulents from all over the world. And let me tell you, with Oscar, the knowledge goes deep. This dude is constantly in the field doing research, going to botanical gardens, getting with really experienced growers and asking all kinds of questions. So you don't just get a plant, but you get the knowledge and passion behind this place. And that can really be felt when you're there. Their mission is to create a community of like-minded individuals from all walks of life that enjoy beautiful plants. I would say they have succeeded in their mission. I've attended multiple plant swaps and meetups. And this place is really like a home base for the for those of us in the local community. They also host these big sales where he brings in vendors from all over the place, really bringing amazing and obscure plants to the table. You need to head over to their Instagram at GT Nursery. I will make sure to plug a link to all of their socials and content in the description of every episode. He does these live auctions every Wednesday evening, and it's a lot of fun. He's constantly uplifting other members of the community and really giving other people an opportunity to come on to this very successful auction and sell plants. I've done it a couple times and it's amazing to see the success that they've had. Oscar and Edgar have really dedicated themselves and honed their craft and have been very consistent with these auctions. It's a lot of fun. Even if you're just watching, it's one of my favorite things to do on a Wednesday evening. You can head over to their Instagram for more info. I'm very grateful to have this partnership and to be telling you guys about this place. Green Touch Nursery, 8842 Park Street, Bellflower, California, 90706. Tell them I sent you. This podcast is brought to you by Mezcala Nursery, located at 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805. Mezcala is family-owned, family-ran since 2007. This is the House of Succulent Growing Grounds. I'm talking everything you can possibly imagine in the succulent realm from your common everyday plants to your more rare and obscure imports. They can service your landscaping needs and they have a bunch of hoop houses dedicated to houseplants and tropicals. If you guys need any kind of plant, I'm telling you, go to Mezcala. If you bring them a price from another nursery, they're going to beat it. If you bring them a price from a big box store, they're going to beat it. 6901 Orange Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90805, Mezcala Nursery. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to If Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on February 25th, 2022 with my guest, Mad Potters. Christy joined me for the second time on the podcast today. She was originally on episode number six back in April of 2021. If you guys can believe that, it's been almost a year since I've had her on. If you guys want to learn more about Christy, I would definitely check that episode out. She goes into more detail about her backstory and some of the things that inspired her to launch Mad Potters. She is a very talented artist using things like resin and concrete. She offers these geode pots that have these beautiful, colorful crystal formations built into a concrete planter. 
And she talked about a weed grinder actually that she made recently made out of resin. She has a new release coming out with the crafters box, something that she has done in the past. So keep your eyes peeled for that. They're on Instagram at the crafters box and you can find her at madpottershop.com or on Instagram at madpotters. Today we are celebrating one year of If Plants Could Talk. On February 13th, the podcast turned one. I'm very happy about that. It's been an incredible year, a challenging year, but an incredible year nonetheless. Big shout out to Vic the Prick and Whittier Prick, first guys to ever come on the show. And thank you to everyone that's been a part of this project this last year, whether listening or contributing. Very grateful for you guys. I know that this is a difficult time in the world and my heart is with you guys. I would love to catch up. If anybody wants to talk, I had to take a little break. Uh, I took a break from social media. I took a break from podcasting. And I explained that a little bit in more detail in the beginning of this episode. Big shout out to Mezcala Nursery and GT Nursery for sponsoring this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Here's Christy. Mad Potters, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. Oh, it's, it's an absolute honor. Uh, yeah, I haven't podcasted in uh, since like I don't know, January 11th. So it's been like a wow. month and a half. Well, I'm I'm honored to be your first guest in a month. This is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? What's been going on since we last spoke on April thirteenth, twenty twenty one? Almost a year ago, eleven months ago. I mean, first off, can I just say that it's insane that the last time we did this was almost a full year ago. I mean, for me, it really feels like a couple months have passed. Like, I mean. Day by day, things have just been speeding through, I think. And I mean, we're already almost in March. I can't, I can't believe this. Yeah. See, for me, it felt like a long time. I'm like, I swear it's been longer than a year. It's weird how time passes differently for other people. Uh, we were in the peak of the pandemic, right? When we last spoke? We, we were, we were. I mean, things had been shut down, I think, for a while by then, you know, tensions were high. Yeah. It was also right in the middle of some other things going on, you know, socialism, social wise, um, you know, the was a stop Asian hate and the, um, yeah. you know, Black Lives Matter. And, you know, there was a lot, a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. George Floyd had just happened. It was a lot of political tension for sure. Right, and Trump right. was still in office, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, he was. <laughs> different different times, for sure. It's great. See, but like think about politically the climate has changed, but uh at the same time a lot of the same issues st- obviously still exist, but uh I do feel like a lighter lighter like like the energy is a little bit lighter leading up to this obviously most recent thing that's going on. It's a little scary, but I don't know. Things have improved, right? A little I I mean, I I agree with you. On some level, I mean, for the most part, I'm not. Oh shit! I gotta check the check the uh, news every single morning to see what this crazy guy has said and what kind of fires he's started, right. just for no apparent reason. Um, you know, I think our current president had maybe promised them some things that he hasn't come through on. Mm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I've never really been a hundred percent happy with what a president does. You know, it's, it's one person. They don't have the power to do the things that we think that they do. It's just that with Trump, you know, he incited a lot of emotion and feelings with mm. one tweet. And I think that 
had everybody's anxiety on high because he could just send one tweet and all of a sudden we're we're at war with each other you know and i use the term war lightly not like ukraine russia war but just (laughs) (laughs) between you and your neighbors type thing you know and and now we've got uh what is it what's his name sleepy joe biden you know so i feel (laughs) like i don't have to uh, pay attention as much anymore because I know he's not going to incite riots within the country with a tweet. So I, I definitely feel more at ease. That's for sure. I relate to that 100%. I almost want to say I'm not as outraged as I was consistently, but at the same time, I look around and I know we had talked about like staying away from controversy, but whatever, uh, this conversation could be as organic as possible. I, I, I'm still, yeah, there's a lot of empty promises and I feel politically homeless. Uh, these days, I, I don't feel like I fit uh, where I once did, you know, and um, it's a bummer, you know, especially like being a father and, and bringing up kids during this time. It's it's pretty scary. You know, the reality is, is we live in a very terrifying time. A hundred percent. And, you know, Politically homeless is a great phrase. I'm definitely going to have to use that in the future because, you know, again, I'm not huge into politics. I never have been. The only reason why I was paying attention was because I felt like maybe my life might have been in danger in these past couple of years. Um, But just the fact that we only have two political parties or that are major key players, you know, the Democrats and the Republic, like why can't there be a party for people who just have like-minded thoughts and feelings and, and, you know, these are the way things should be like, why do we have to have parties in general? You know, it it should be more about the issues, um, you know, that are, that are being debated on. And, you know, I believe in, in human rights. I, for all humans, it doesn't matter uh, what you identify as, as long as you identify as human, you yeah. deserve rights, healthcare, all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. And that's the biggest empty promise is, is Medicare for all, for sure. Uh, and that it's there's a huge disparity in our country when it comes to just medical and mental health care. It, it's a disaster, you know, and it seems like it's uh, only getting worse. I see them trying to, like, pop up these, like in Long Beach, they just opened... Uh, a huge location for uh, half of it is like for homeless people. And then the other half is for low income people. But uh, based on what I'm seeing, the, the homelessness is increasing drastically since the pandemic. I'm sure since we've last talked, it's increased exponentially. A hundred percent. I mean, again, you, you hit the nail on the head here. Um, the fact that not everybody in this country has health care yeah. is a problem, yeah. you know, and it shouldn't be that shouldn't even be something that we're, we're discussing. Now, I personally um, am very grateful to have coverage, yeah. but, you know, I fully admit to um, having terrible coverage like it's it's not the best. It's, uh, you know, funded by the government. I was, um, I applied to Medicare when I first got to California and I didn't have a job on the books and, you know, I needed, I needed coverage because as a woman, uh, you need to get checked (laughs) for certain things every single year. I was having abnormal test results. So it was something that I could not get away with not having. Um, and then the pandemic hit and they didn't take healthcare away from anybody during the during that 
whole, I think it's still in place actually that we're still under like an emergency type thing where if you have healthcare, they're not gonna take it away from you regardless of if you have um, not met the eligibility requirements or kind of exceeded the eligibility requirements, whatever it may be. Um, but I mean, just for, for example, I had, and I'm sure people on Instagram have seen me like cry about this and, and moan and bitch on my stories, but I had a tooth uh, that back in August, the dentist said to me, hey, you really need to get a crown on this. And I said, okay, cool. She's like, unfortunately, insurance does not cover that. Yeah. It's going to cost you around $1,000. And I said, okay, it's worth it sign me up how like when can i get this done like next week and she's like unfortunately there's a wait list yeah. for a crown and i was like um okay i've never run into this problem before but pandemic i know they're backed up on on appointments fine cool i'll wait now since august my tooth has cracked and broken three times wow i've been to three different special dentists uh to try and get a root canal which is now necessary before they can put the crown on and i still haven't been able to get it my next appointment is not until april and this could have all been avoided had i just been able to get a crown in august yeah. so just the way that our healthcare system works has flaws yes. has problems it sometimes makes things worse than making them better, yes. but the whole thing just needs an overhaul. So at the end of it, just because somebody has coverage is not going to solve anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, especially when it comes to public health care. Like I'm in the same boat and I just had a similar problem where I had, I think, three cavities and one of them had turned into like I needed a root canal. And the messed up part is that I went and I saw this dentist that was like my primary through Medi-Cal and yeah, it took months to get the appointment first. And then they, they tell me what's wrong and what I need. I say, go ahead and do it. But we, there was no discussion on, um, out of pocket costs. And so they sent me out to go get a root canal. Right. And I come back and I still have an unfinished root canal. They went in, they cut the tooth, they drilled the tooth, they did the whole thing. And then they put like a little sponge in it and mm -hmm. closed it up. And then when I go back, I'm supposed to go get the crown. When I go there, they're like, oh, it's going to be like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, wait, what? You guys didn't tell me that. They literally didn't tell me that. And I'm in no position to spend a thousand dollars on my tooth right now. So I have an unfinished crown and I have like a couple more fillings I need to do. And I'm just like bitter. I'm like bitter, <laughs> bitter at the whole Absolutely. system. Absolutely. Me, me too. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm so bitter about this. Like, first of all, how is dental not included in regular medical health care? Yeah. That to me has been blowing my mind since I first got insurance when I was 18 and, and you know, not living and under my parents' insurance. Like that yeah. to me was like insane. Um, and then the fact that certain things are covered, but not all things are covered. I mean, I would think for the medical system, if they covered your crown, that's going to prevent them having to do more work in the future. Right. But maybe they want more work in the mm -hmm. future mm -hmm. to make more money. So, like, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of like a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Maybe it's true. But um yeah, it's the whole the whole process is is bullshit, really. Yeah. And I mean, you think about it, we're on public assistance because we can't afford private health care. Right. right. And a lot of people in in um in this position work jobs where they don't get paid time off they don't get a ton of vacation time yet here we are 
giving up three, four, five days just to get one thing taken care of. I mean, I, I when the tooth cracked, I, I went there. I said, hey, guys, my tooth cracked. Can you fix it? They said, come on in. I went in. They looked at it and they said, yep, we can fix this. I said, okay, cool. Are you doing it now? And they said, no, you have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> like what, what, what makes you think people on government assisted healthcare can afford to take this much time off of work? Right. Yeah. You know, another thing I ran into medically, my son got really, really sick. I actually had like the worst few months of my life, literally worse than, uh, worse than my addiction. And I got super depressed and whatever, but, um, I just started coming out of it and stuff. And, uh, my son caught this virus RSV, which is like kind of deadly to toddlers, specifically premature children. Thankfully my son yeah. wasn't premature, but he caught it back to back two times in a row, literally right when he recovered it from the first time he caught it again. And, uh, it was crazy. So like, it's like a two week ordeal per infection. And he was having these febrile seizures. So like when your fever spikes, it, if it happens drastically fast, it can cause a seizure. And so he yeah. had two febrile seizures, which I've never seen. I've raised two other kids, never seen that in my life, never even heard of it. And I, it was terrifying. And, uh, we ended up transporting by ambulance and, Anyways, what were we? I remember you posting that. He, I mean, he looked like a fucking trooper. Like he's like, "Hey, I'm in an ambulance. This shit is cool." Like, right? Yeah, he thought it was cool. Kids are resilient, man. Yeah, not to mention the thirty-five hundred dollar bill I just got the other day for that ambulance ride. Fuck. But, dude, he, so <laughs> oh, we God. were in the hospital uh, for probably the fifth time that month in December, and one of the doctors was cracked at the seams, and I am totally sympathetic towards what she was going through with the, the peak of the pandemic and you know like the, like the infections were going back up at the time they're they're exhausted they're overworked um this poor doctor she i was i was a little aggressive i was upset because i had felt like i hadn't gotten any answers you know i've been here five times in the last month you guys keep telling me alternate ibuprofen tylenol you know she tells me that uh, the febrile seizures aren't necessarily an emergency and that you should shouldn't even come she told me you shouldn't even come if it happens. And oh, like kind of shamed me. She kind of shamed me and went off on me. And then I, I don't remember what exactly what I said to her, but she snapped and she said, do you know how many fucking doctors are killing themselves right now? And I was like, Whoa, listen, lady, you're with a pediatric patient right now. Like if my kid was any older and was actually understanding what you would say, I would like want to talk to your boss kind of thing, you know? And I'm like, you need to get us a different doctor right now. And they, they had to send in another doctor and it was a nightmare. And, uh, I feel for them in retrospect in the moment I was very upset. I felt like I wasn't getting answers and, and the care that he needed. I wanted additional testing done to rule out anything else. Cause the, the kid had fevers for a month straight and I've never seen that before. I remember, I remember we had briefly chatted about this, um, over messages. And I mean, I'm not a parent, but I can only imagine the frustration when you are constantly bringing him back and saying, this isn't helping. And you yeah. feel like you're not being listened to. You know, yeah. I think, again, everybody's under an enormous amount of stress. My heart goes out to every healthcare worker out there having to deal with all the bullshit, especially people like, you know, not wanting to get the vaccine. And now they're here coughing in your face. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's putting them at risk, at danger. I can understand why she flew off the handle. But at the same time, I, I understand your your point of view. And I, I think I would have lost my shit if somebody said to me, no, it, it's not a big deal that your child is having a seizure. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a big fucking deal to me. 
maybe not to you because you're a doctor and you've been through this, but I haven't, I haven't seen this before. This is my own flesh and blood. I I need to make sure that I'm not doing something wrong. That's going to affect them for the rest of their life. Right. Um, yeah, they were wow, very what a, dismissive. What a really fucking heavy conversation. We're having right now. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, guys. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we ended up catching COVID <laughs> right after that in January. We oh caught we caught Omicron, and you know my mom caught it, and she's vulnerable. She's a cancer survivor, and dude, it, it was intense, man. It was really like these last couple of months were really intense, and I know a lot of I'm not alone in this. A lot of people caught it uh in january in particular yeah Yeah. but thankfully i'm vaccinated and you know it didn't turn on us my oxygen went down to 90 percent. that's scary as fuck dude dude. what (laughs) fucking intense Uh, i was really sick holy shit well i'm glad you're here with us i mean now we all see why you took a little break from from doing podcasts and you know well-deserved break for sure can't push yourself any harder than your body's willing to work with you on so i'm glad to see you're back with us thank you let's talk about uh mad potters what what's been going on with mad potter since we last talked any evolution um you know uh, so i've actually started and Okay, let's, you took a let's break, right? You took a break, a right? Second. I took a break from Instagram. Mm. I did not take a break from creating. I've always been creating in the background, but you know, I've been with Instagram since probably 2014, 2015. It's I I owe a lot of my business growth to Instagram. It's where I met the succulent community. That's where I've connected with the plant community. And that's where the, you know, 99% of my sales come from Mm -hmm. is Instagram. So I'm super grateful for the platform up until now. Um, I've, I've been really discouraged actually with, with the way that Instagram is treating its artists because, you know, before I'd be able to post something, I know people who follow me will get to see it. We'll talk about it. And then I move on. And now it's like, unless my post gets a certain amount of reactions within the first five seconds, nobody sees it. Yeah. You know, people have reached out to me saying, Hey, where have you been? Why haven't you posted? I'm like, I I am posting. And they'll, they'll go to my account and they'll say, Holy shit. I've missed the past 10 posts. Like Instagram's not showing them to me. I don't know how to get around that. But as somebody who does every little piece of their business, I can't devote any more time to Instagram than I already was. And to see the time that I put into taking photos and curating a really nice, you know, blurb to put under it and picking out hashtags and things like that and responding to people all for less than 1% of my, of people who want to see my posts actually seeing them. I, I said, my, my time is better off spent someplace else. Mm. I can't, personally do the real cute reels where the the words line up with all the things like it's just not in me to do that I, I tried in the very beginning I sat on my couch for like three hours trying to do a reel that you know was trending at the time and it got to the point where I, it just I, I couldn't do it like my my body my mind was like fuck this shit yeah put it to the side if people want to find your art they'll find it, which is not the right attitude to have at all. So I took a little break from Instagram. And to be honest, I've, I've really taken a huge step back from, from being present on Instagram and more focusing on the creating part of it. Yeah. Um, So I'm still doing 
all the things in the background. I just haven't been able to share them mm. with people, which, you know, is kind of a drag. But at the same time, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. Can I ask you, have you noticed anything um, within yourself that being on Instagram less has maybe facilitated, like in a positive manner? Yes and no. I really miss the conversations and the connections that I was making with people. I know mm. there's new people coming into the community every single day. Right. And I miss being the person to say, hey, welcome to the community. How can we help you? Yeah. You know, I, I miss those actual connections with people. Um, but as far as posting and seeing how many likes I'm getting or how many views I'm getting, not having that in my life has taken a weight off of my back and really let me explore the creative part of things and do what I want to do versus what is going to get me the most likes. Yeah. gets you back to your roots. It's funny because we're in the same situation. I mean, I didn't just take a step. What happened was I took a step back for a reason and then realized, oh, wait, like this is actually kind of good. I, I was, my screen time was like six to eight hours sometimes, like insane. Yeah, insane. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. my engagement has cut in more than half for sure. And it's not just because I'm not posting because I started ramping up posting and I've noticed it's still doing that. But then randomly one thing will like be explosive. So it, it is something's changed for sure in the algorithm and engagement. And, uh, but also at the same time, I felt like, you know, I just was able to get back to my roots as well, you know, and like I I've, the, I got scared, you know, I had a big scare. So like spending more time one to one and making eye contact and conversing, it, it was great. And it was something I needed for sure. But yeah, it's a bummer. I don't know what that is. Why, why did it change? I mean, I have my speculations. Of course, I'm no expert on any of this, but you know, Facebook bought out Instagram yeah. with the rise of TikTok and those eight second videos being really fucking popular. It seems like Instagram wanted to be TikTok. Mm -hmm. And so they really pushed the whole reels thing and said, you know, if you're, if you're not making reels, you're not being seen. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just it's unfortunate because now, I mean, I had this conversation with another artist actually just yesterday about how it feels like we're seeing all these reels now and it's not genuine. Yeah. People are forcing themselves to do these reels mm. so they do get the exposure, but you can feel that they don't find joy in it. It it's doesn't spark authentic. joy with them. Right. It's not authentic. Yeah. It's not genuine. It's, hey, this person just got a million views, so I'm going to do the same thing with my art, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, I, I find that, you know, not – not catering to the social media platforms mm. has definitely allowed me to fall in love with my art again. You know, yeah. before it was, Oh, I'm going to make something that Instagram is really going to like. And mm. now it's, I want to work with these colors and I'm going to make it. And I don't care if Instagram likes it or not, you know? And, and when I say Instagram, I mean the algorithm. I don't mean yeah. people who are following me on Instagram. I, I always want you guys to like my stuff. <laughs> That is the interesting though, thing about technology is you kind of have to conform uh, in the direction, the trajectory that it's going, you know, in order to uh, get that, you know, engagement and stuff like that. A lot of people utilize uh, apps like TikTok, you know, and I've tried. I tried. I can't. I can't do it. I got like a, maybe four or five posts on there. And just Same. it's just Same. like so in your face when you you open TikTok, it's like, boom, videos, yep. you know, yep. and if you go to the next one, it's video again. It's yep. not like. 
There's no just, I don't know. <laughs> There's no break. There's no break. Yeah. And it's really fucked with people's attention spans. Yeah. Because now if the video is longer than like 10 seconds, it's like scroll. Yeah. Pass this, pass this, pass this. Show me something like instant. It's that people are looking for that instant gratification. And it's really, I mean, I fell down the TikTok hole for like a little bit. Did I you? made I did make a handful of videos. <laughs> One of them went viral. It had over it has over like six hundred thousand views. Wow. But what has that done for me business wise? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. It's brought out the haters. It's brought out people saying, You're ruining the environment with all your resin work. How dare you? Oh my god. You know, really? and so when when you get more eyes on you, it just opens up and it, it you know, the statistically speaking, the more people that are coming to your page, there's going to be a few more haters than there was before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I can't remember. I took some hate recently. I don't remember what it was about, but, uh, yeah, it, that's something I noticed in the podcast. It all I've interviewed people like, Oh, they have a huge page. This is going to be really positive for the show and it will get less views or listens than, somebody that was just you know regular day-to-day -day account with like a few hundred followers so it really doesn't make a difference you know and oh, here's the other thing that they're doing is they want us to advertise they want us to buy yeah. ads you know and that's i do notice that does work if i post an ad on instagram yeah. and I let it run for a few days my sales go up good for you for posting an ad i won't i won't do that <laughs> you refuse? i paid one time one time i paid for an ad and it got zero attention really? i don't know what happened i don't know how it got fucked up but i was like yeah i paid five bucks for nothing i mean five dollars is nothing but <laughs> yeah it just it just kind of turned me off to that whole idea and then for a while they were really pushing me to sell things through their shop mm. and i was like well this might not be a bad thing let me look into it they're gonna take five percent of my sales so five percent of sales on top of the almost three percent that either paypal or your credit card processor takes from you then california sales tax i mean at yeah. the end of the day i can't afford it i mm. i barely make enough inventory per month as it is i mean i'm at the threshold now where like i cannot make any more money than i did last year and that's if i'm really head down only making pots and not enjoying my life mm. um this year i've, I've tried to take a, a different approach to that you know i it really upset me in the beginning when people would come to me and say, Hey, I tried to shop your sale, but everything was sold out. Is there something that you can do for me? Is there maybe a pot that you held back? How can I get a, you know, how can I get a mad potter's geode? Mm -hmm. And I would just have to tell them, wait until the next round. And then people would be like, Hey, I've tried to hit up your sale like three months in a row and I still can't get anything. So I, I grabbed my boyfriend and I said, I need some help. I need you to help me make, the base of the pot so then I, I can do more time on the geode part. Great. And he did. He helped me and I, I paid him for it because, you know, no free labor here. Yeah. And it, you know, I had one of my biggest months ever when he jumped in and helped me awesome. and everybody was happy. I even had a couple of pots left over for scragglers, you know, who came like three days later and they were able to buy a pot. But man, that was like the worst month for me mentally mm. because I didn't enjoy doing like an assembly line type yeah. thing. It took out the happy part of creating because I wanted to. So this year I'm taking a different approach. I am 
I've actually already started doing this and the back end is taking a little bit of time away from creating and I'm trying to get into NFTs. No. I know people- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the fuck yeah. is an NFT anyways? <laughs> so we won't go like too deep a dive into this, but an <laughs> NFT stands for, well, if you ask mama socks, NFT stands for nice fucking tits. But that's <laughs> But that's not it. It's a non-fungible token. Mm-hmm. So in layman's terms, yes, it's an online piece of digital art. It's mm-hmm. a JPEG. It's a GIF or a GIF, however the fuck you say that word. <laughs> it, it starts with a G, so it says GIF to me, but I think they're called GIFs. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so you buy them with cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and then you sell them for more cryptocurrency or you don't. You know, there it's it's a... It's just a different investment vehicle, I guess, is the way, the the easiest way to put it. You Mm -hmm. invest in this piece of art, and then when the collection sells out, somebody else is going to try and buy it for you for more money. Mm. Um, It's still a gamble, you know, but it's it's a educated gamble, I guess. Yeah, you told me about this briefly in a mess in some messages. I remember you were you were like still exploring the idea of it. So, are you uh, just buying and selling, reselling, or are you also looking at creating an NFT? A little bit of both. So okay. right now, I am getting myself versed in the buying and the selling, the yeah. holding, kind of seeing what what interests people. How do you get your community going? How do get how do people even get interested in your specific NFT? Uh, but um, I've got a little bit of alpha here. This is a word that we call for like insider secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alpha is I've been talking to a plant nursery. It's a very well-known one, but I'm not going to tell you which one yet um, about actually sitting down and working out how we can do a plant project NFT. Mm. And uh, you know, the basics of it would be, you know, we see a lot of people out here looking for really rare plants, habitat collected plants, and either they're, you know, we're ruining the environment by doing so, or it's out of our price range. So the idea behind this plant NFT would be, hey, you're able to own, own a really nice photo of this, Mm. uh, you know, endangered species plant or hard to find plant or out of my price range plant. And by doing this, we raise money to actually give back to those environments or habitats that are being destroyed by people wanting to own that plant. Oh, I like where this is um, going. And the the utility for being a holder of this fancy JPEG would be you show up at this nursery and you say, hey, I am an NFT holder of your project. And boom, you get one plant free a month or Mm. you get a discount on that plant or we have a special sale only for people who hold this nft so not only is it a way for people to you know give back and feel good about owning an endangered species plant but it's also going to give you some real life utility to further your plant collection in a you know sustainable way well, Christy, this is something that I admire about you. You're very innovative. Uh, you're you're looking at looking at something like this that I I wouldn't have seen the direction you were going with that when you first presented the idea. And uh, you do something like uh, now, right, where people can sign up to get like the first. I don't know why they keep getting these pop ups. Uh, 
you people can sign up to be like the first to notify that you're releasing some pots too, right? Correct. Yes. So I have an email list because again, this all stems from people saying, Hey, I missed your announcement about your pot drop. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to have an email list because if Instagram, if you're not on Instagram 24 seven and you're not seeing my posts, it's okay because you're going to get an email directly to your inbox yeah. with a password. So then you get to enter my sale first as a thank you to signing up for my email. I never spam. I only email when there's a pot drop and there is a password inside for those people to shop first. Mm. And, and you offer like a subscription service as well. Is that still happening? No subscription service for me. I thought about it. Um, it, it's a cool idea, but then it puts too much pressure on me to be able to deliver a certain mm. amount of pots by a certain date every month. And that's that's not why I got into, you know, being an artist and, and uh, pushing my own art. I, I wanted the freedom to be able to do what I wanted to do when I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Once again, taking away from the process itself, right? Yeah. 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 It, it's hard to balance though. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a business. I still need to be yeah. somewhat professional in the way that I present my products. Otherwise people aren't going to trust it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I still, I still want to be able to enjoy what I do. I don't want to lose the fun part of creating because I'm so concentrated on making it into like a factory. You know, I, I, mm. I, I don't want that. I don't want to be there. And it's been suggested to me, you know, why don't you just hire like three people and teach them what to do? And then you can, you can move a lot more product. I'm like, because I don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, for that, I would go back to a desk job and grind a desk job and, you know, just not, not what I'm interested in, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough trade-off for sure. So what kind of stuff have you put out recently? You do a pretty good job of like diversifying. It's not, uh, you, I see new things all the time, even like in that reel. What What is that? What is that in the reel that I posted yesterday that I shared? So uh, my mold maker um, or one of the mold makers that I, I get molds from, she's not mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> her name is Linda. Uh, you can find her under Lynn Donovart. And she's the one that I get most of my crystal molds from. But she also knows that I'm into plants. So she said, hey, Christy. Somebody asked me for a custom tray mold in the shape of a cactus. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in this? Is this something that I should mass produce or just one off and, and never speak of it again? I said, of course, I want a cactus tray mold. Like what? Definitely. Yeah. I want that. Put me on the list. I'll buy it. I'm, I'm there. So she sent me one to, to try it out. Um, and it's, it's a mold that I put. Um, resin into so it makes a tray made out of resin and I put in some dried flowers that I picked from my backyard just to make it pretty cool so that was the first first one I tried and you know it had a pretty good response so I'll definitely be making a you know a couple of those for my next update um, I've really been actually kind of getting into playing with resin a little bit more mm. um, for you cannabis smokers out there I actually have some um, grinders that I just made yeah, <laughs> resin grinders yeah, they're made of resin, but they're weed grinders, and they have um, the dried florals in them. So they're, wow. they're actually really, really pretty. I don't think you would even know that it's a grinder if it was sitting out on a table. Oh, nice. So I'm super excited about those. 
And I did a collaboration with a graffiti artist out of Chula Vista who, you know, I just gave him some of my uh, plain pots and he did some really sick painting on them, which I got to get my ass in gear. I think we're going to raffle those off where, you know, you buy a $5 raffle ticket, put all the names into a wheel, and then we pick a winner that way because we only have three of them right now. Mm. And so I think that's probably the most fair way to do that. That's exciting stuff. So yeah, I've been so checked out. I've, I've probably missed the last 10 posts as well. So I'll have to go <laughs> ch- check that out. Rad. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, the posts are there for anybody who wants to go back and look at them. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, Instagram is not the end all be all, mm. you know, even if you miss a couple posts, it's, it's okay. I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. Although I do spend a little too much time in the NFT world, but I promise <laughs> I am still creating in the background. You went into an NFT black hole. <laughs> totally. So, I mean, in 30 seconds, I'm going to try and keep it short because I know not a lot You've of people are, of time. are into crypto or into NFTs. I don't want to bore people to death, but um, there's this app out there called discord i don't know if you've heard of it it's super popular with gamers well now it's become the central place for where you get your information on nfts okay Um, you join the project server and then you you kind of chit chat with the people who believe in the project who want to back the project who who will buy these nfts and so i've spent way too much time in these chat rooms talking to people talking to the developers talking to the actual founders of the projects trying to see is this where my money should go to is this going to be a sound project to invest in or is it you know a complete shit show and i would be stupid to put money here Mm. this is like a reddit right kind of discord is similar it's like a messaging board right yeah, but I, I liken it more to like the AOL chat rooms back in the day. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, someone was telling me that because I wanted to start like a blog for the podcast. And I guess mm-hmm. a lot of podcasters are using Discord. So that really? was something I was considering. Yeah. Like you get a link or something to the chat yeah. room. And uh, I would what I want to do is I want to make a blog entry about the episode and then allow people to respond. You know, and, oh my God, and provide Discord feedback. would be so cool for that. I would love to be able to connect with people. And then you could even do like there's voice channels you can add to it. Mm. So then after an episode airs, like maybe a month or so later, you could do a an AMA session, Ask Me Anything oh. session with the person that you did the podcast with. And then people could jump in. They can either type their question in and get get a response to it right away or they can jump in the chat and talk directly with with you and with the person that you know whoever was the guest i mean i think discord would be fucking awesome for this and i will help you set it up (laughs) please i have a fear of failure but uh you know whatever i'll try it out and see how it goes because i've been thinking about that for a while now and i think it'd be fun we'll see how many people will join it but uh i took like a poll and a gang of people said yeah we're down let's do this so let's do it we'll have like a discord 101 session we can go live on instagram and just kind of talk people through how to set up their discord what they're looking for Mm. how to join the chat room you know simple functions like that and then they you know using a new platform is always scary but you know once people realize it's super easy to use it's user friendly and then it gives you direct access in a, you know, not only to you and the guest, but to other people who are listening. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool way to bring the community together. Yeah, a chat. absolutely. 
you know, what was I going to say about that? Uh, oh, I've been wanting to like get more engaged in the podcast again, for sure. And like seeing the growth that's happened in the last year, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. Like I didn't imagine that we're on, I think this is number 49, something like wow. that. Yeah. I mean, people want to know yeah. people love podcasts. I mean, especially when people are, are driving or, you know, doing things around the house where they can listen to something. You don't always want to listen to music. So yeah. I think podcasts are the way now, you know, it's, it's a great way to start a conversation to spark people's interest in certain things. And, you know, I know this podcast is supposed to be about plants and we haven't really talked about plants at all, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's showing people who's in the plant community and what yeah. brings us all together. And, you know, if there's something that I speak about, that somebody else is like, Hey, I'm into NFTs too. Like I'm going to yeah. hit her up on the side. You know, it kind of opens, opens the doors to more conversations. And and that to me is, is an invaluable. Yeah. Well, the plants are the reason why we're here for sure. That's what brought us together. But I, you know, I, I love going into to other things and learning more about, especially like modernizing things and, you know, getting with the times kind of thing. But like, <laughs> Uh, the funny thing is I, I have a confession. I'm actually incredibly nervous and scared of going live. So like when you're the prospect of going live and talking and walking through people through it, I don't know why I'm like, I can't, I, for some reason, like holding the phone and like being live on Instagram terrifies me. Uh, I did it with, I think GT nursery a few times and like, I don't know, it's something different about it. For some reason, when there's a camera recording me, I'm able to forget it. But, uh, yeah, the prospect of going live makes me nervous. But nonetheless, I'm definitely interested in doing that. And people always uh, want to know more. Even I want to know more. There will be things that I meant to bring up in a conversation and, you know, we never got there. So, right. yeah, right. it'll be a great tool. I'll definitely take you up on that. Let's do this. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Um, and, you know, I don't like to go live either. I especially hate talking to the phone and seeing my own face like that's the worst but if somebody is there with you yeah. someone for you to talk to like we're doing now it's a lot easier I mean I really give it up to the influencers who are able to talk to their following yeah, through their stories all day long I tried it once and I was like this is fucking ridiculous I can't do this at all I'm out sorry guys like I tried but it's not for me yeah. like, I just can't talk to my own face <laughs> Yeah, no, it's definitely bizarre. There's like a disconnect there because you can't see anyone. And you're right. When there's somebody there with you, it's it's a little easier for sure. So uh, what what else have you been doing? What else are you working on? You got NFTs. You got your new cactus. Um, so the other thing that I do behind the scenes that not everybody knows about is I do uh, the PR first, the San Diego, San Diego Cactus and Succulent Society. Wow. So... Um, we just had our first show and sale a couple weekends ago uh, since 2019 because of the pandemic. Oh, wow. um, it was a great turnout. And, you know, I've, I've kind of introduced the club to more modernized way of doing things. Mm. You know, I started their Instagram, which, again, I, I'm super neglectful of. So everybody who's following that Instagram, I appreciate you being there. We will have more content for you. It's just not going to be every single day. Um, because it is a volunteer position <laughs> and yeah. I just don't have enough time to, to do that full time. Uh, but you know, it's, it's awesome in that I get to really connect with, uh, plant people 
that I might not have seen before, right. met before, that kind of thing, by being a part of this club. So we do have another show and sale coming up the first weekend in June. Um, I will be posting about that. So if anybody out there is looking to apply to be a vendor, um, please hit me up. We will be taking vendor applications soon. And um, membership, uh, it's $15 a year. But if you are a member, you get um, not only a monthly newsletter in full high res color, blah, 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 whatever, but you actually get to enter the show and sale two hours early on the first day. And believe me when I say that's when all of the really yeah. awesome plants get snatched up really quickly, yeah. that is the time to be there. Um, not to say that you can't find good plants outside of those two hours, but like that's when yeah. the real hardcore people are there trying to snatch all the, you know, super good rare finds and the pricing at the shows is always pretty incredible too that's my kudos to the people that are in charge of the club for being willing to kind of relinquish control of their social media presence and i know that uh because that's what big cactus rescue is doing in the uk he's taking over theirs over there and uh i see other people other clubs doing that too and there's a lot of people in the clubs right that are don't even have an online presence never were online right so you're bringing people to the to the conversation that maybe wouldn't have been. Well, I think it's it's important for preservation of the club because um, I mean, at least and again, I, I mean, no ill will by what I'm about to say. But a lot of people in the San Diego Cactus and Succulent Society um, are older mm -hmm. and retired, Yeah, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's an eventually going to become a time when those people are no longer around or able mm -hmm. to come to the meetings and you need the next generation to come up and take over those spots on the board in the volunteer spaces you know we need people constantly to be um you know active mm -hmm. in the club so if you're not bringing in the newer crowd the younger crowd the ones that are on social media platforms all day long then you know, in 20 years, there's not going to be a club left. Right. Yeah. So, so my, I guess my job is, is to say, listen, guys, I know 90% of the people on the board have no idea what Instagram is, but trust me when I say we are reaching new people. Mm. And, uh, I think we had, so, I mean, of course it was a pandemic year, but the year of 2020, um, we had, you know, X amount of new memberships sign up for the year. And we almost doubled that number from just January to February Rad. with that online presence this year. Mm. Could you briefly explain what, what kind of things happen in a club? Like what, what are the meetings like? What are some of the opportunities? Yeah, so so for, for our club specifically, we have a meeting once a month, and it is in Balboa Park in one of the uh, meeting right. rooms. It's uh, free for everybody. You don't have to be a member to come to the meetings. And once a month, we have a really awesome speaker. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, uh, well, it really, we're kind of slowly getting back into having plant sales at our monthly meetings as well. Sometimes the speaker will bring plants to sell. Sometimes some of our vendors will bring plants to sell. It's going to be different every month just based on people's availability, right? Um, but it's cool because it's actually, I mean, it, it's, it's like an all-day 
event thing. You know, you get there early, you mix and you mingle with other plant lovers. You put your plant out. There's uh, we have a brag table, so you bring a plant and they get judged and you get you know rewarded in plant bucks that you can use to spend on plants at a next event cool um so people like to bring plants to show off you know what's looking really good in their garden and um yeah kelly kelly griffin he's a very well-known name in the plant community he's like the king of aloe hybrids he's actually the guy in charge of bringing in all of our speakers so he's the one that finds the talent and so you know that it's always going to be somebody really, really knowledgeable giving this, the talks, uh, which is which is cool. And then we also do like a plant of the month where anybody, again, any member can can um, volunteer to do plant of the month and they pick a species and they do like a 15 to 25 minute presentation on the species with, you know, usually they've got a little slideshow going or they bring in some live specimens for people to look at. So there's a lot of different ways for people to get involved in the club. It's not just I'm in the club and I watch a speaker and then I go home. Yeah. <laughs> That's rad. Well, perhaps you um, may be able to network some people that would be interesting to come on and have a talk here then, because that's yeah. definitely something I would like to get into. I would like to become a member of the at least the Long Beach Club. But uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting to me, but the pandemic definitely was the reason why it held me back. And uh, I'm always looking for, for more people that have knowledge. And I know a lot of the guys that do that, like have presentations like all ready to go right they're constantly giving talks and so that that's that's the direction i would like to go is more plant specific types of things and presentations and talks yeah and and you know again it being a plant podcast i yeah. think these people would be perfect for it but the what would make it different with you is that you can actually have a conversation with them versus them saying hey i have my canned speech for one hour right. about this plant you know you get to talk and kind of you know bounce ideas back and forth and really get into who they are not just what they're presenting about so yeah. um, definitely get on my um I'll send you the link for the Instagram page okay. or, you know, a post so then you can follow them and please like go through the list of followers, the people that we follow and poach away. I'm happy to start, you know, facilitating any conversations of, of people that you find interesting. Right. Um, but we do, we do follow, or I try to follow all of our uh, speakers if they have an Instagram presence. So like the people that we follow is a good place to start mm. for looking for new people. Yeah, I'm hoping to do something, a uh, follow-up interview with Crime Pays, but Botany doesn't. And he, because we talked about him doing some kind of presentation, uh, DA Pottery was going to do a, a history of pottery lesson nice. slash conversation. That would be awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I even, I think T-Rex Plants, I wanted to do something with her. You guys are friends, right? You know her? Yeah, Jen is awesome. She's very, very knowledgeable yeah. about the actual plant itself. So yeah. she she would be an awesome one. She's done our plan of the month a few times, actually, right. in, in San Diego. And she's got a friend. Um, Jen, please forgive me. But uh, she's got a friend that is, um, he's, a, he's a reptile yeah. expert. But he also is very, very knowledgeable in local native plants to southern california which he would be awesome Dude. i think yeah please that i love i love the idea of native plants and getting to learn more about that stuff i know uh jesse's been getting really into that too filter free jesse's been uh studying the native plants i have some uh a few questions here okay let's get to facilitating it. them 
The first one comes from GT Nursery. He said succulents or cactus. Ooh. So I started with soft succulents. That's what I think everybody gets every everybody into this community, soft yeah. succulents. Um, but recently I've kind of been straying off to the more weird ones or the, you know, quote unquote, ugly ones. Mm. So they all have a space in my yard. Mm. I have both. I like them both. Um, the only thing is that if you can't survive my neglect, you get replaced with something else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a similar approach. Whatever made it through my two month depression and winter it is is what's going to stick around. <laughs> I definitely, neg- I, if I've ever neglected plants, it was these last couple months and I was blown away when I, when I got there and there's things blooming and it's doing good. It's cool. So what kind of ugly plants are we talking here? I mean, the ones that are like a stick and it doesn't have any leaves for half the year. Like a euphorbia, <laughs> it looks like a weird dead stick. bear euphorbia thing. Yep. Yep. I've gotten into a couple different, um, like, you know, the codex type plants where they've, you know, it's really just a big fucking root ball, giant ass root ball. And then it's got maybe like a little cool thing coming out of the top. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's kind of ugly, but it's dope at the same time. Yeah, I have one. It's a euphorbia. Uh, it's not prim, but it's something else. And it's just like this little trunk it looks like the trunk of a tree like a little ball and then there's these two little branches that come off and they has the most hideous flowers you've ever seen like they're like these tiny ugly just crunchy looking things but it's cool mm-hmm. there's something unique about them for sure unique maybe that's the better word that yeah. i should use they're not ugly they're unique yeah. i like the unique right. one. i'm starting to get into the more unique plants obscure obscure mm-hmm. all right but still common May succulent cacti lady said, would you ever consider traveling to Korea to discover your roots? I like that question, May. So I've been to Korea one time mm-hmm. for two days. I didn't leave Seoul. And my my mom said to me, well, because, you know, I'm adopted. Yeah. And so my mom said to me, hey while we're in Korea, would you like me to try and get a hold of your birth mother to, to plan a meeting? Mm. And I thought about it. And ultimately I went with no, mm. because I mean, on the surface and, you know, superficially, like I speak zero Korean, I'm sure she doesn't speak English like that. What kind of conversation can you really have with somebody like that? Right. You know, if that were something I was interested in, I would much prefer to try and build a relationship either through text or phone call or email mm. before we actually met in person, because that's fucking awkward. Yeah. Um, I do wish I knew more about Asian or Korean culture. Um, but I don't, I don't think I actually have to go to Korea to meet my, my blood family to yeah. do so. You know, yeah. I think, um, just having somebody like May in my life has really put me on to more of like Asian culture as a whole. Yeah. I mean, for I'm, I'm 38 years old and I got my very first uh, Chinese New Year gift from May. Mm. You know, the whole uh, concept of red envelopes is something fairly new to me. I only learned about in the past couple of years. I mean, there it's just it, it's fascinating and I wish I knew more about the culture. I'm not sure I would integrate it into my life but i would like to know more about it yeah 
No, that's fun. If anyone, if anyone out there wants to share some, some info with me, hit, hit up my DMs. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. We celebrate my, my partner. She's uh, Vietnamese, Chinese and Filipino. And she's not like super uh, practicing of her culture, but she celebrates Chinese New Year and, uh, I've been learning more about that too. It's cool. It's weird that it's like uh, it coincides with the with the lunar new year too. They use like the lunar calendar, which is weird. So like February first is actually the new year, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. So I think February first is is Chinese New Year. And I I bought this. I went to Topanga, and uh, dude, Topanga is amazing. I had such an incredible time there. Uh, just like these beautiful hills tucked away, but you got the ocean right there. And it's like a hippie little town. We stayed on like this commune. Anyways, I went to this, uh, crystal and geo shop that they have there. That's incredible. And I bought, um, a full moon ritual slash Chinese new year kit. And on February 1st, I, um, followed the directions. I had like a little candle and, uh, it came with these crystals and I set intentions for the new year and uh, it was pretty cool. I thought it was fun, like uh, exploring another culture. Yeah. I mean, I'm more about learning about things than necessarily needing to integrate them into my life. I mean, maybe it would help me feel a little bit more Asian, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. This one comes from my sister-in-law. Hey, it's me, Jen, also known as uh, Club Time Warp. She said, do you work much with concrete dyes? I do use um, some powder coloring uh, for for concrete. I used to use it a lot more before I got into doing geodes. Now I feel like the geodes bring plenty of color. Um, and so mostly I just use uh, the charcoal powder dye. So then I can have darker cement to help set off the crystals and the geo look. So is that how you um, tint or whatever uh, concrete is with dye? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's two different kinds. Uh, there's a liquid version and a powder version. Okay. I use the powder version. And when I first got into concrete, it was really fucking hard to find powdered uh, colors that weren't black or brown or, you know, red. And the ones that I did find were from, um, were just like the sample packs mm -hmm. and it was really, really expensive, but this was like five or six years ago. And now concrete has taken the whole art world by storm and everybody does art with concrete now. And so it's more readily available. It's cheaper and you can get some really, really cool colors. Mm, rad. I had no idea. Uh, is there a crystal or mineral that, has inspired you for your resin work? Any particular crystal or mineral that inspires you? Um, in short, no. I, I think crystals and geodes are very pretty. Mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I liked to collect rocks. I mean, the ones with mica and like, you know, sparkly minerals in it were, were my favorite. Uh, and, and that's, that's really it. Um, this wonderful person, Kay, the gardener gardener, she sent me a book of, uh, minerals and crystals. And so occasionally I'll flip through there looking for inspiration, but there's not really one that, that is like my favorite per se. I mean, I'm, I'm just in it for the looks. I don't do the like cleansing in the moonlight. Yeah, Crystal, I remember you telling me you're not a crystal <laughs> healer. <laughs> yeah. 
it's probably to a lot of people's surprise. Um, I got this from Freezomatic. Yeah, traded it to him for something. It's I'm that shit is quartz. so dope. Freeze finds the best fucking crystals, and I'm actually supposed to be going prospecting with him um, mm. next week. I, I'll see if I have the time i i really have been kind of neglecting my art a little bit so i need to get back to that like i'm almost finished with february's collection but i'm not sure i'll be able to get it up on the website by the end of february so i'm really pushing hard for that can i ask you a question in regard to that is there anything that you find to be useful when um you have a loss of of motivation or interest like writer's block but artist block do you, is there anything that do you, do you encounter that I do. I do. There's definitely some days where I look at my workstation and I'm like, man, I don't think I can do this today because I've found that when I force myself into it, the work looks crappy and mm -hmm. I don't like the results. Um, I think a big part of it right now is that it's cold as fuck outside and I have to work inside. And it just, for me, I want to be outside. I want to feel the wind. I want to feel the sun, you know, and that really helps keep me focused and motivated on what, what I'm supposed to be doing. So I've, I've learned to be patient with myself. Mm. And if the creativity is not there, I can't force it. So I either pick up a different art form, like a totally new type of, you know, something that has nothing to do with pots, nothing to do with geodes. And I just get creative in other ways. Um, the crafter's box, not to like <laughs> promote myself or anything, but the crafter's Please box has, has really been helpful for me in that respect because uh, while I don't subscribe to it, I do um, I do have a number of their boxes where, you know, it's a subscription-based model. They send you a new craft once a month, and they are wildly different. So, I mean, I've done things like, um, I don't know if I can pull this Dude, off. Dude, I should try that. Crafter's box. I remember you telling me about it. I would love to expand my horizons like that. Oh, wow. So one, of the, one of the kits was like brass himeli, which is basically just a way of saying fancy mobiles. Right. And then another one that I they they sent out was um, crepe paper flowers. And so I I made some flower succulents and I put them in my brass mobile. Dude, I love and that. And so this was something that, you know, even though I'm never going to sell this, this is nothing that has to do with anything Mad Potter's it still was, I was still able to work with my hands and get out something new and creative. And, you know, maybe it will give me an idea to yeah. bring back to Mad Potters. Maybe it won't, but, you know, you, you don't know until you try, you yeah. know, and it's just adding to my, my skill set. Yeah. I guess. No, that's a cool way to express yourself. I, I'm, that I would like to try that. And then I used to have like a Hello Fresh. It's totally off topic, but I had a Hello Fresh subscription, and because I was like suffering with not cooking enough, mm -hmm. and that like really revives it. They give you a recipe, they give you all the different ingredients, and you put it together. Yeah. It's a blast. It, it really is. I think I did um, Blue Apron uh -huh, back similar, in the yeah. day. Um, yeah, I mean, any sort of kit that kind of gives you the instructions and everything you need right there is a great way to spark your creativity without spending nine and a half hours researching or finding the recipe and then going to four different grocery stores for all of the different ingredients yeah. that you need. And the same thing with the crackers box. Um, if you find 
a craft that that they offered in the past that you think is really interesting, you know, you you can buy that one off kit, everything comes to your door and you can literally open up the kit and start making right away, which mm. I think is is cool because, you know, when when the creativity spark hits, you just want to get to making. You don't want to drive to four different stores finding all of the supplies or waiting on Amazon to deliver it to you. You know, you just want to get making right away. So Mm -hmm. I actually did a kit with the crafters box for cement pots. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a kit coming out with them this spring for resin, which is, um, I actually haven't told anybody except for right now. (laughs) Awesome. Surprise. First, first person to know. There's going to be a resin kit coming out with the crafters box. And then we're also exploring a cement kit part two, which will be something totally different than pots, but still working with cement. Awesome. And do you find it to be challenging at all when you, when you try these new craft boxes? I think um, there's always going to be a learning curve with new with new art forms. Um, for me, the, the painting ones have been especially hard because I've just never been able to get my hand to do anything, drawing, painting, that kind of stuff. Like I see it in my head and then a stick figure comes out on the page. Like I can't, I, mm. I have a hard time with those ones. So for those, for me, those ones are a little bit more challenging. Um, they had a couple macrame ones, which I've done macrame in the past. So it wasn't that hard for me. It really just depends on what's, what your skill set is already and how strong of a, you know, artistic sense that you have, you know? So for some people it's super challenging for other people, it's really easy. And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it is that, you know, one month you may be super challenged and, and hate the craft because it was just so much work. And then the next month you're like, Oh, this was a breeze. And I love what I made. Yeah. Well, I love the parallel between those crap, between crafts in particular and plants the macrame goes really well with plants and yeah. uh, vice versa and all these other crafts. I mean, your pots obviously go beautifully with plants and um, definitely I, I think that that's something that people are trying to get a, maybe get a creative outlet or, or pursue something new created creatively. That might be a great place to start is something like the subscription box. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can skip, you can skip months if the craft doesn't appeal to you. Like one month they had knit socks Mm. and I just (laughs) wasn't feeling it. You know, I'm, I I like socks, but like, it's fine. You know, just not, not the craft for me. Um, And they do have a couple of premium kits, which are a little bit more expensive. Um, But I am, thinking about doing um they have one that does stained glass so you can make like the stained glass hanging which i thought was a really cool one and then one where you can make your own sandals like leather sandals which i thought was fucking dope but they are a little bit more on the pricey side so i've been kind of holding off and and saving for a rainy day type thing for Mm. those ones rad i have a couple more questions could you describe your favorite pot you made and if so if there is a perfect plant that you were able to pair with it My favorite pot that I've ever made is actually still sitting on my shelf. I haven't been able to put it up for sale. And it was one of the first geode pots that I had made. I only had one tiny crystal mold at the time and I, I made it work and I did it in color schemes that I liked. It was, you know, greens and browns, which, you Mm. know, a lot of people in the very beginning, brown was not a popular color. I think now people are starting to understand I'm going towards more natural 
colors and, and they're feeling it like they like it. You know, I just couldn't hit them with the brown right away. <laughs> um, but it's, it's got some copper and some emerald and some clear. And it's I, I just really love the way that it came out. It doesn't even have a ton of crystals in it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more of a nod to my original geode line. And maybe that's why it, it resonates with me. And I haven't been able to find the perfect plant for it yet. Um, somebody uh, sent me an aloe arenacea. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Gardener Gardener. And it was actually one of my wishless plants, my only wishless plant up until that point. And I, it, it's not big enough. The plant is not big enough to go into the pot yet. The pot's a little bit mm. too uh, deep. And I didn't want to drown the plant right away by overwatering it. So... Uh, it's just waiting. I will pair those two together eventually, though. That's cool. Saving it. Saving yeah, it for when it's ready. It. T-Rex Plants, she asked, if you could only hike one trail again ever, which would it be? Oh, man. Ever? I saw oh. you were in the Bristle Cone Forest or whatever, where uh, yeah. one of the oldest living or some of the oldest living trees exist. I know the I'm, oldest living tree yeah, is Methuselah, there. Methuselah, yep. right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I remember asking Google or Googling in the earliest days of Google, what's the oldest tree on earth? Just because that random question popped in, I was probably stoned. And Methuselah is there, and I saw you there. I've always wanted to go there. It looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, it was stunning. I absolutely loved walking around there. Um, for me, hiking is a little bit about you know, being in nature and getting it, being just surrounded by the silence that, you know, the forest or Mm. wherever you are affords you. Uh, But it's also a workout for me. So I like hikes that are actually challenging. I break a sweat. My thighs are sore the next day. So Bristlecone Pines was beautiful and I would absolutely do it over and over and over again, but it wasn't challenging in the fact that like my legs were really sore or anything like that. Um, there's this other one that we did in the John Muir woods. Um, there's a picture actually on my Instagram because I hardly ever post myself. So this is how I know it's there. Um, and I'm standing in front of this lake that's like turquoise Mm. and it is just absolutely gorgeous. So I think it's called like 10 lakes or something like that. I, I honestly don't even know the name of it. Um, but I would love to do that one again and actually be able to, carry enough shit on my back to sleep over and make it to all 10 lakes. Um, it's, it's quite a distance for one day. I want to say like 20, 25 miles. So like, I don't think I have that in me. Uh, so it would have to be like an overnight backpacking trip. Mm. Um, where's that, you know, I'll have to look it up for you. Okay and tell you dude but the the wood the wood grain patterns we're gonna wrap up here in a second but the yeah. the wood grain patterns uh on those bristle cones were incredible i saw your photos and it's actually something that's been intriguing me since i went i went to yosemite over the summer and um i never realized just how much i really appreciate the patterns in trees and oh my like god changing the insane. lighting and going darker and, and having shadow it's just really inspiring and i know you were like finding inspiration in those patterns yep. for your work yep. right one of my most favorite resin trays that i made was based on those those colors that i saw in bristlecone pine um the the hike is called big pine lakes okay so it's in big pine or lone pine or something pine uh, but the hike is is big pine lakes 
And the photo that I have on my Instagram is was taken at the second lake. And the that's the second out of like 10, I think. So we only made it to the first two and then had to come back. Mm, cool. But if I had to choose one to do over and over and over again, it's probably one that I have done over and over and over again. And that's Montserrat Mountain here in Fallbrook. It is uh, maybe like a... 1500 elevation over like a mile and a half. So it's a thigh workout and a half. Like it's, it's a good workout. Um, the sites are okay. I mean, I can see the highway from part of the hike, which is not the best part of it, but for me, it's, it's meaningful because it is a nine 11 memorial. Mm. So every so often along the trail, there are markers that will tell you, you would be on the the 10th floor, the 20th floor, Ooh. and so on, all the way up to 110 floors of the Twin Towers. Wow. Um, and, you know, me being a New Yorker, my very first year living in New York <clears throat> was 2001 um, when 9-11 happened. So it yeah. just, it, it's it's special to me in that way. I mean, it's, it's a great hike. It's a good workout, but it's <clears throat> more importantly, the meaning behind it. You know, whenever I see those mile markers, it just reminds me to be grateful for everything that I have. Mm. In closing, I would like to say that I'm very thankful for what you did with that um, auction for your friend, the, the woman in the community, forgive me if I don't remember her handle or her name, uh, that lost her son. And thank you for like including me in that and for being vocal for you know those that we've lost to addiction and, and those that are still sick and suffering and um, it was inspiring for me to be more open about uh, my own experience with that. And I, I do think like played a factor in me ultimately telling my story just like a few weeks later. Um, and yeah, it was just a very admirable thing to do. And uh, it looked like it was really successful too. You guys were able to raise some it, money for her. It was, it was awesome. I mean, thank you again for not only donating, um, I believe it was the spiral cactus. You have it, right? And it, it was actually sent to me. Um, the winner of of that auction, in, instead of having the plant sent to her, she had it sent to me. So I mean, I was I was blown away when I was like, "What is this giant ass box that just showed up here? What is this? I don't remember ordering any plants this big. Like, well, I don't order plants." anyways off, right. off, online you know so i'm like what the fuck is this and i was like yo garrett like what what is this <laughs> <laughs> did you send it to the wrong place but um yeah so thank you for for donating for being a part of it but also for the the links that you sent for us to put out there because you know I think mental health is something that people aren't always willing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Addiction is something that people definitely don't want to talk about. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to admit that they struggled um, with that. And the fact that you were willing to be so out and open about it, I think is, is one step in the right direction because you're telling other people, Hey, you're not alone. Yeah. We're here to support you. If you have a problem, we're not judging you for it. We want to help you through it. You know, and, and we're not telling you how to do it. We're just shit saying, you yeah. know, we're here. Yeah. yeah. Put some of your weight on my shoulder, you know? Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to put it as we're not here to tell you how to do it because it, I, I'm not sure that anybody has the answers to a, a, well, an issue I mean, as complicated as that one. 
Right. If if you if we had the answers, nobody would be suffering, right? right? I mean, <laughs> it's it's a different journey for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the way, just even the way that people fall into their own addiction is is wildly different. Mm-hmm. The whys, the hows, the you know everything is different. So there's not one way to fix it, yeah. you know, and at the end of the day, all we can do is say, we understand. Yeah. How can I help you? Yeah. For those that are listening and aren't familiar with what we're talking about, is that an incident where a woman in the community lost her son and there were substances involved, correct? Yes. Yeah, so uh, a woman in the community um, lost her son to an overdose and, mm. um, you know, without, you know, invading her privacy too much. Um, Bottom line is he was located in a different state. Um, So when she was traveling for his funeral, she ran into some roadblocks because of the weather, because of the pandemic. Um, And as somebody who works for herself, when she took those those days off and that time off to grieve her loss, she didn't have any income, which is, Mm. you know, a whole other issue for another podcast. You know, when you work for yourself, there is no paid time off. There is no, um, you know, family medical leave act. There is, there's nothing in place. So, you know, I I think it's like some scary factor of like, you know, 80%, 80 to 90% of the United States lives paycheck to paycheck. So when you're in those positions and you have to take time away from the things that make you money, you just fall, fall behind in bills, in life and in putting groceries on your table, you know? So the fact that the succulent community and the plant community is able to come together and not judge these people, but say, Hey, I'm willing to put a plant up or I'm willing to place a bid on something, you know, to help someone else yeah. is just so heartwarming and, and makes being in the plant community all that much better because we know that there are people out there that care about us, even if we've never met them before in our life. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about the community. And it was, it was really cool to see everyone come together and it's not an isolated incident. We've seen it happen a lot of times and it's something that everyone can relate to too. I mean, all, all of us know somebody that's addicted or know somebody with mental health issues or are ourselves or know somebody that's going through a, a difficult time financially with the pandemic. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's it's nice to see that people aren't only looking out for themselves, but they're, you know, uh, willing to come together and help others. I mean, the truth of the matter is everybody's struggling in one way or yeah, another. All of you us. know, nobody, <laughs> nobody is 100 percent 24 seven. That's yeah. that's it. And if you say you are, you're lying. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so just just the fact that we're able to have this safe space and come out and, and speak our truths and still be supported mm-hmm. is is an awesome feeling. So, I mean, I really commend you for getting out here and telling your story. I know a lot of us had heard bits and pieces of it, but to actually be able to sit down and put on your your episode that was truly your episode was, was amazing, you know? And it just re- reaffirms for us that, hey, normal people go through this shit. Yeah. And the fact that you're willing to tell your story, I think is, is going to help people forever because you know, now you're, you're on Spotify forever. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. 
and thank you so much for your time today. And uh, where can everybody find you? On what's your website's URL? I am madpotterssshop.com. So that's madpotters with an S and then the word shop. Okay. .com. Um, again, if you sign up for my email uh, list, I will never spam you. You'll only get an email when I do pot drops on my website. Cool. Um, and as a thank you for giving me your email address and trusting me with that, you get a password to uh, shop for one hour early before anybody else. Rad. Cool. And on Instagram, at Mad Potters. Yep, I'm at Mad Potters. And for all of you on Discord, I'm also Mad Potters over there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Maybe that's where I'll, I'll break my, uh, lose my Discord virginity. Head over to your page. Thank you well, so well, much. Well, I don't, I don't actually have a, my own Discord oh, okay. page, but you can find me to chat with me and I, I will help you um, set up your Discord. We're going to get this going. I think it'll be awesome for the community to have a chat space. Rad. Thank you so much, Christy. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You're the best. Mad Potters, everyone. Uh, if everyone could please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button, I would appreciate that greatly. Bye.